are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White, and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I am doing well, Jeff, and uh, I gotta say, I'm really... Uh, excited about today's guest. I think we're going to um, be able to uh, dive into the dynamics of uh, kind of improving site performance across a kind of a number of areas. And it's just a, I think it's an interesting story to tell. Yeah. And a, a lot of things that are certainly near and dear to our hearts, you know, around content and podcasting and SEO and all that other great yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can be warned, fellow listeners, dear <laughs> listeners, that this could be a podcast about podcasting, but only a little bit. We'll try to keep it. Uh, <laughs> That, that kind of, uh, I don't know, it's like a turducken or something. I, I think it's like every two or three episodes, I get a reference to a turducken. In. We have to do a, uh, a kind of a backwards analysis, go back through all of our uh, transcripts of Cooler Ring episodes and see how many times turducken has come up. And it only offended one guest so far who was a vegan. Um, Anytime not- we're talking about meat being stuffed into meat, being stuffed into meat and then cooked, it's going to offend a vegan. <laughs> There's not much we can do about that. No. But uh, joining us today is Iris Whedon. Iris is the Director of Marketing at Macrofab. Uh, thanks for joining us on The Cooler Ring, Iris. Thanks for having me. Iris, why don't you uh, give us, uh, our listeners, a bit of an introduction to, to Macrofab and just uh, tell us a little bit about what the company does and how long you've been there. Sure. Um, I've been at Macrofab for three years, and it is uh, Macrofab. We're entering our seventh year this year. We are an electronics manufacturing company. Um, but we also have a technical component to our business. So we are an electronics manufacturing platform that allows engineers and purchasers to upload their files to our platform and um, they can get instant quotes. They can see their itemized bill of materials. This is for printed circuit boards. Um, and so it's, yeah, we're both like a software company and a hardware company, if you will, and a manufacturing company. It's really, really cool. Um, it kind of, you're bridging a, a number of, uh, I don't know, kind of, uh, it's a different type of manufacturer, manufacturing sure. organization. We like to say we're redefining electronics manufacturing. Nice. Um, and uh, you've been in the marketing role uh, since your start with Macrofab? I have, yeah. I first started off as a marketing manager, primarily doing the content management and social media, and then quickly moved into a director role. Um and that was about three years ago. And I do have um, going on like 14 years of marketing experience. Just I've, I've always done it um, right out of school. So I've got agency experience and uh, on the in-house side. So you've been on both sides of the, uh, of the equation. Then what do you like more? I have to say I like the in-house side more. <laughs> yeah. I did. At, at first, I did like agency because it was very busy, high-paced. But I like being able to focus on one, one company. And there's different departments within one company, different clients within one company too. So yeah, it's the uh, the perennial debate uh, in agency land. I think <laughs> um, uh, we, we that's a that's a, a an entirely different podcast episode. Yeah, we could do a whole there. episode on yeah. that. Yeah, um, Iris, I know that you've um, had a lot of uh, success in, in driving um, organic uh, traffic growth and conversion growth on the site. Before we dive into that, though, um, talk to us a bit about the podcast, because you've been at the 
podcasting for a while now, which is a bit unique for an organization such as Macrofab. Yeah, thanks. Um, I, the podcast actually started before I came on board, and I was very excited when I was interviewing that they already had that going because it is such a new medium and a great new way to reach people. Um, it is the Macrofab Engineering Podcast, and it's a weekly podcast that comes out every like Wednesday. And it's been going consecutively. Um, I want to say this is going to be our third year as well. So um, it started a couple of months before I came on board. But yeah, it's our co-host um, and co-founder, Parker Dillman. He's our lead engineer. And Stephen Craig, who used to be a Macrofab employee, who's also an engineer. So they just really geek out on engineering stuff. They interview engineers, um, talk about all different topics. Like um, this week's episode is going to be, which is coming up in February. So uh, by the time your episode launches, it might be a little bit later. But it's going to be talking about the coronavirus, which is the current news. Um, so we cover all and how that's impacting manufacturing. So we try to cover anything and everything. Wow. Um, and I'm kind of curious um how much uh, is, is it a big lift internally to produce the podcast for you folks uh, has it become quite a streamlined thing over the years um it's become pretty streamlined yeah um so it's it, parker mostly manages it and um it there is a little bit of work in terms of coordinating schedules and guests and managing that but uh, for the most part, he takes care of all of that. And then he just kind of, we record um, in the evening. So it doesn't take a whole lot of, of his bandwidth during the working hours. And so, um, and plus with Steven as well, who has another job, we do it based, based on his work schedule too. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been great. And we, we try to also get our guests to co-promote it, to just try to expand our reach a little bit and promote it on social media as well. And we're up to around 5,000 downloads per week. That's amazing. I think it's really interesting that a former employee was so engaged in the podcast that you were able to keep him on as a host um, <laughs> after he moved on to a different uh, different position. I mean, it must uh, must be must be something he really enjoys doing. Yeah, they and they have a really great relationship with each other. Like when I, um, you know, I am not an engineer by trade, of course, and so a lot of what they talk about is way over my head. They might as well be speaking a different language, but. Their um, rapport with one another is it's just so much fun. So it's very enjoyable to listen to. And we didn't want to lose that when Stephen left the company. So we were definitely glad that he decided to to stick with it and um, and keep it going. And I would be curious, um, uh, because I mean, you're at 5,000 uh, downloads now an episode in has that growth been fairly uh, linear over the last three years or have you seen uh has there been a spike in it's just kind of what is the growth dynamics of that growth been over the last little while? I think a lot of people it can seem almost like blogging sometimes. It's almost like you have to believe in it and, uh, from a religious perspective first, and then it kind of bears. One fruit. day it will come. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We've done a lot of research on how to grow our blogs, and we've everything from improving the audio quality. Um, we hired an engineer because we found that a lot of that kind of stuff helps. Um, keep listeners and get new listeners and um, any spikes that we've seen in our listenership and our downloads have been whenever we've had guests who have been on who have co-promoted and it's um, one example was an embedded um, company came on board they're an embedded podcast as well actually so you know the embedded software and the hardware work really well together and those two audiences I think mesh really well together so we got a lot of listeners from that and um, 
some of our customers who are big advocates of ours, they um, speak about us at conferences sometimes. And so we'll get a boost from that as well. Um, they speak specifically about the podcast. That's really neat. Do you find um, that it uh, plays a role as an assist in the sales process as well? Or am I being too ambitious for the lowly podcast? It, yeah, it does. I mean, it hasn't, um, and it was never really meant to be like a huge sales driver. Um, it was more meant to be just a way to generate content every week um, and just to get more content out there. So we don't really promote Macrofab um, as much as we should really, but it's more of just a content engine right now. And um, But, you know, one of the added bonuses is we do get, we do see some revenue and some leads coming from that. Um, which is always nice. And it sounds like it's functioning as a really nice backbone to the whole marketing effort. Uh, yeah. I mean, if it's being referenced by customers at uh, conferences, that's a, a pretty good sign. Definitely. How do you go about choosing topics for the podcast and for the blog? And uh, because that's certainly a component of how you're able to drive the kind of traffic numbers that you're talking about. And, you know, one of the things you, you've you mentioned to us is uh, just that people are spending more time on the site when they come, which leads you to believe, at least anecdotally, that they're the right people who are arriving at the site. So uh, how are you going about choosing the content that you want to create? Yeah, um, I think that content and content idea generation is always a really hard challenge for marketers. Um, and, you know, we have two different audiences at Macrofab. We have electrical engineers and we also have the purchasing and supply chain people who are ordering circuit boards and they, they have an electronic product that needs to be manufactured. So we, in our early company life, we were primarily focusing on engineers and they are uh, definitely a large part of our customer base. And so um, in terms of content for them, it was really easy to write articles that were very engineering focused and technical, um, maybe, you know, just like tips and tricks on how to improve your files and um, different, like, you know, there's like via tinting, which is really getting into the weeds on like circuit boards and like the anatomy of circuit boards and how to improve your designs there. So a lot of educational posts for sure. Um, and then also what we have done is looking at our website analytics, finding what search terms people are using to land on our website. And if it's a relevant search term to our business, then we will write a blog topic around that term um, to hopefully rank higher for those search terms. It's a, it's a bit of a chicken and egg, though, isn't it? Because, of course, if the site isn't currently optimized for that term, the chances of being found for that term would be less. Yeah, but I, I see the logic and the strategy, of course, that if you start to see some signal in the noise, uh, and you uh, begin to create more content around it to get more, um, uh, you know, that, that makes sense as well, I guess. For sure, yeah. Are, are you doing anything around kind of, uh, I guess, uh, they're largely termed pillar posts where you have a, a series of different pieces of content that are all related to one another that uh, help describe a broader topic um, in more detail? Is that is that part of your strategy as well? Yeah, that is to some degree. Um, we do have several topics around um, like electronics manufacturing in North America, for example, because we are based in Houston and um, a lot of our factories are in North America, ranging from Mexico all the way up to Canada. So we do talk about the different benefits of that in several different blog posts. And we have seen some 
that those are kind of newer initiatives. And the thing with organic and, you know, blog traffic is it's hard to see that growth. It's kind of a slow burn, you know, um, it's got to take time to kind of cook and let Google crawl it and let other finders read it. So the, the analytics on that are still kind of early. And how, how have you, uh, leveraged or, or not rather not leveraged, but uh, how have you resourced this? You know, uh, one of the things that we find a lot, especially with uh, small marketing teams within manufacturers is they don't necessarily have the resources to craft content. And, uh, you know, you, you brought in one of your engineers to help with the podcast and, and all of that, but uh, they're not necessarily the people who are going to be writing your blog posts and blog content. How are you uh, resourcing that? That is true. And um, yeah, at previous jobs, um, you know, it was really hard to get some of your team members to write blog posts. Um, that is something that has always been a challenge. And um, but uh, we did have Parker. He would be Parker and Stephen when Stephen was on board, they would write engineering articles for us. And that was working really well. But as we have grown and their bandwidth has shrunk, I have had to go to Upwork actually has been a really good source for me and find freelance writers who um, I have a freelance writer right now who has an electrical engineering background, but he also has experience on the purchasing side. So he was a really great find because he has experience with both of our audiences and can really write and understand them and speak to them. Yeah, it's a, it is a nut that a lot of people are trying to crack really. How do you get the technical resources? Do you have it? You know, do you, can you get it in-house? Can you extract it from your existing team? Uh, so it really uh, does sound like you uh, found a bit of a diamond in the rough there. I have, yeah. I'm hoping he he sticks with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, they were bouncing around here um, uh, a little bit, but I noticed that see, uh, in our lead-up to uh, today's conversation, we were talking about some of the improvements in uh, organic traffic as well as uh, site visits overall and improved time on site. But then you mentioned that the average revenue per user is increasing, which would only seem tangentially related to any kind of site traffic increases. So uh, talk to me about that and what what are you drive, doing that's uh, driving that impact? Yeah, I think a lot of it was we have shifted our messaging. Um, <clears throat> we are primarily known as a prototyping company. Um, and I guess traditionally speaking with manufacturing and electronics manufacturing, um, if you need to go into higher volume production, you have to switch your manufacturer. And so um, I think that maybe a lot of people didn't realize that we also offer high volume production. So as we changed our messaging to say, hey, no, we actually, you can do everything with Macrofab. You don't just have to prototype with us. We also do the high volume and the system integration. Um, that really started to resonate with people. And as we started targeting those types of audiences more, those supply chain people and those buyers, those, um, product managers, I think that they really started um, landing and, and, and converting on our website. And so we did start to see more of that increased revenue per user as a result. Um, we haven't gotten as much. Um, our, it turns out that our signups have gone down a little bit, but it seems to me that the quality of the types of people are that are coming through the door is definitely getting better. Now we just are marketing challenges. How do we get more of the same type of people? Yeah, it's not always so bad when you get less if you're getting uh, just less noise and more signal at the end of it all. Um, yeah. It's just uh, less crap to weed through. 
That's true. Yeah. And that's always been my philosophy is not getting, you know, all the seats on the bus filled up, but it's getting the right seats in there, you know? And so if it's less then at least we're happy with, um, with the quality. Right. Absolutely. Have you had any issue communicating those metrics to the, the C-suite, for example? Like, are there any concerns there? Sometimes you hear... Yeah, sometimes numbers just have to go up and to the right. And, uh, <laughs> no matter, no matter qual- right. quality be damned. <laughs> no, yeah, I think that they're they're on board with, with that. And they're, they're happy that the quality of our customers is improving. And, um, and, and so far, because we're also, of course, responsible for generating pipeline for the sales department. And... Um, and so far, those leads have been good. Um, of course, there's always more work to be done, but it seems like we're on the right track. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. And one of the things that you're doing there in terms of being on the right track is uh, I know that you've been piloting at least a bit of a small scale ABM initiative. Can you take us through that a little bit and what you're doing to tip your uh, dip your toe in that water? Sure. Yeah. So we uh, we are a small team and um, with a small budget and <clears throat> we're just getting our feet wet with, with the ABM strategy. So what we've been doing is our sales team will identify a company that um, is large enough that we think we have a good chance at going after. And they might have one or two contacts there that they've already met with, but we see a larger opportunity. And so what we're doing right now is we're creating lookalike audiences on LinkedIn, which they match the the job titles um, of these types of companies and the people that the companies that we want to talk to, the job title, the company type, all of that, and we create a lookalike audience, and then we advertise to them, and so and then we drive them to a specific, a specific landing page to try to capture their lead, and that's kind of how we're doing our ABM right now. Hmm. And um. I guess, uh, how's that going? I mean, um, I uh, have a fair bit of uh, experience deploying, uh, trying to, you know, deploy uh, smaller scale ABM programs via LinkedIn. I on, you know, honestly say that uh, the success has been varied. I have found, um, uh, I found that uh, often the costs can escalate as the program matures a bit. Uh, but uh, what, what's been your experience thus far and how long has it been running? Um, it hasn't been running for very long, I have to admit. And so um, our experience is that we are optimistic. <laughs> so uh, to be determined. All right. Cautiously optimistic. It's not the, <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. And that's not the worst result to have um, in the early days. That's for sure. What uh, you mentioned advertising to lookalike audiences on LinkedIn. What other sorts of paid initiatives are you engaging in and how are they working out for Macrofab? We do Google advertising. We've done some Twitter and Facebook and Mostly on Facebook, we do promoted posts because um, towards engineers and those seem to be doing really well in terms of generating leads and traffic. Um, and then our Google remarketing has been kind of our workhorse in terms of getting signups and leads, definitely. So right, we want to keep that going. It's interesting. Um, uh, you're definitely... Um... 
zigging while others zag a bit uh, when folks talk about uh, targeting engineers and highly technical audiences on platforms such as uh, Facebook. Um, so uh, it's interesting to see that, I guess, as part of your mix. And uh, you said Twitter as well? Twitter as well, yeah. I mean, we have a lot of engagement. We're really lucky is that um, our customers at Macrofab, they're highly engaged with us. So the converse, the organic conversations around Twitter are always ongoing. So we figured that, you know, and to advertise on Twitter is pretty cost-effective. So it's not a huge investment to just experiment and try things out with that. And, you know, even though we're a B2B company, at the end of the day, you're still marketing to people. And so everybody's on Facebook. So if you're going to, I mean, if you can send them a resource while they're already on Facebook, why not try it? Mm. How much um, overlap is there? Or I guess uh, to what extent uh, do you, um, uh, leverage the podcast in your social media promotion. How big of a part is the podcast and all of that? It's weekly. We've we've played around with it. We used to push it several times a week um, on Twitter, but right now it'll get maybe just like one tweet, and uh, we definitely share it on our uh, Facebook channel as well. Hmm. But is it form a part? Are you paying to promote it as well, or just sharing it organically? Organically, yeah. We don't pay to promote it. Uh, part of my uh, curiosity around some of your maybe over-indexing and success on social, I was thinking may come from uh, having been at the podcast game for so long and there being yeah. connectivity between uh, an audience that's engaged in podcasts uh, mm-hmm. uh, for that long and uh, activity on social. But I may be trying to connect too many dots. I don't know. I mean, I think um, Parker has a really good personality and um, – he already has a, a Twitter presence. And so I think a lot of it is, is that, you know, um, just his personality really shines through. And um, I've definitely worked at companies where it's been very difficult to sell the product that you're trying to sell and, you know, create content around it. Um, and so when I came on to Macrofab, I was kind of expecting that. I was like, I have to make circuit boards really appealing. And how am I going to do that? You know, but um, the audience was already really engaged and they really, I mean, they love our content. So it, it really makes our jobs a lot easier, I have to say. And I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, I'm almost uh, just thinking we should just encourage our listeners to go uh, listen to your podcast and then try to reverse engineer the magic that is Parker in some way. Yeah. You know, and then the other the question is to, I guess, whatever marketer will kind of want to know is how do I get a Parker if I don't have one? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. how do I get somebody to play ball with me? Uh, it works in engineering or similarly technical capacity. Yeah, and um, some things that you know I've started seeing a lot kind of, are like the the brand advocates, where um, they'll just find you know whoever it is, whether it's an engineer or just a a, a super user of your product, um, and then maybe offering them a position where they're they're your community manager, if you will. Mm. And they can maybe create videos for you or a podcast or something like that. um, They're also maybe micro-influencers and they might have a following as well. That might be my way to approach it in the future is, yeah, finding that personality who's also a super user of your your product. Hmm. Do you find that uh, with the guests that you have on the podcast and the and the customers that you have that they do a lot of that work for you that they're kind of promoting Macrofab to to their colleagues who may not know about you at all or is that even uh, trackable? 
Um, yeah, we haven't seen it a whole lot. I mean, I think there is definitely some word of mouth that goes around. And, um, you know, whenever we ship out a package to somebody, we send out stickers and things like that and T-shirts to hopefully get the word out. But we do want to kick off a referral campaign this year to try to encourage more of that. Like, hey, do you love us? Like, please tell your department about us. Tell if you're an engineer and you work at a large company, tell your purchasing team about us, you know, um, or vice versa. If you're a purchaser um, and you need some prototypes in the future, let your engineering staff know about us. This is the second time T-shirts have come up. Folks, I got to tell you, um, Iris is completely out marketing us today. Uh, we're on the, the Squadcast platform, so we can actually see each other as we're recording the podcast. And she's like in branded uh, macrofab swag. <laughs> and uh, we're sitting here like a bunch of adults and I don't know, like I'm in a black t-shirt and Jeff's wearing plaid. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, it's like it's the Canadian lumberjack. Man, look. Yeah. We've got a, yeah, we're trying to rock Canadian lumberjack fashion. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so, so now that the t-shirts come up twice and that you're sending them to customers, we need to get cool t-shirts. Yeah. Now. That's all there is to it. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we do team t-shirts every quarter. So, um, yeah, some of our new team members are like, I just need two more shirts and then I have one for every week. So <laughs> any day of the week, you'll see lots of, and we call ourselves MFers. You'll see lots of MFers with random branded shirts. The uh, There's at least one joker through to be had in there. I'm leaving that behind. This is a, that word this is. a family podcast, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, you spoke uh, um, in, in that answer to that last question about uh, what you're planning to do this year and as you know some of the interesting things that you have what else is on the go for uh, for 2020 and uh, what are you looking forward to um so yeah it's it's mostly sales enablement and uh and pipeline generation demand generation for sure and some of the things that i'm excited about um which are more traditional but haven't done a lot at macrofab is um more of the field marketing aspects of it getting um some more trade shows and conferences and, and generating leads that way and following up as well. So uh, more expanding our ABM, um, expanding our boots on the ground presence, just kind of growing in, in different departments and different areas. That's an ambitious agenda for 2020. It is. So it's also completely the opposite of what we normally hear. You know, you don't normally hear people who are doing great podcast and digital content looking to do more trade shows. It's usually the other way around. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're doing a lot of trade shows and we just need to know how to get a podcast done. Yeah. 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 I think it's funny because we were so nimble when I first started, um, you know, we were like there were 20 employees deep. And so it's like, how can we reach and create content but do it in an agile way. And so I think that's where the podcast generated. And now that we're growing, we want to expand and meet more people. It's like, yeah, we need to do the more traditional methods of that. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Totally makes sense. I was, I wonder, uh, you know, you've mentioned before that you, uh, you know, you have uh, a extensive marketing background, both agency and client side, and you've certainly grown in your role with Macrofab in our parting minutes here i wonder what advice you might give to uh somebody just starting out in a manufacturing marketing role that is maybe at the uh, uh the first couple of days or months of that three-year horizon and path that you've been on what advice would you give them that you wish somebody may have given you back then um yeah i think just in general with any marketing role it's just learn as much as you can um being coming from an agency background you have to you have several clients and you really need to learn all about their industry and their business. And so, 
yeah, if you're coming in into a manufacturing world, just learn all about your company, all about the industry, um, network, expand your network, um, just become known in your network as well. It's not, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where the more people that know who you are and know you, they see you as an expert. And I read something once where if you focus like one to two hours every day for a year, within that year's time, you're going to be an expert. So it doesn't take a lot of time to to really grow and advance um, your position that way. See, this is how I, I can only do that for about a quarter of a year at a time, which allows me to be a partial expert on a wide number of things. <laughs> I think that's me too. Check of all trades. <laughs> I appreciate that, uh, that advice, uh, timeless advice, in fact. And uh, thank you for joining us today on The Coolering. It's been a pleasure chatting. Yeah, it's been fun. Happy to do it anytime. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Coolering with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.